This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. You know, what is it I don't, there's something else I don't, I don't do There's banquets. a lot of things I don't do don't banquets. Do. I, I really try not to do banquets if all possible. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. So you will address me as Stephen A. or Mr. Smith. You won't call me a bona fide scrub and then continue to talk on my damn show. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. It's intercepted by Jacob File and a chance at a house call. File 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown Bullpup. Everything happening in the sports world. Mahomes throws it for the touchdown. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I go to Walmart and get my $18 pair of shoes the last two years, and it's just fine. You like those fine? No Zions for you. No Zions for me. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson with a glorious haircut, Mr. Steve Sell. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Try that again. Good afternoon. There you go. I can hear you now. I did I did get a haircut today. It looks good. Well, it it was much needed. I'm it was, when it gets, you know, this hot in the summer, you got to keep it short. You know, Steve, now that I have worked with you for a little over 2 years, I think I know you pretty well, right? I would think so. I know you pretty well. I know a lot of your tendencies. I know what you like. I know what you don't like. You know, is that fair? You know, I'm exhausted a lot. Yeah, you haven't been exhausted this week, though. You're feeling good. So, we received a call today at the radio station, and I don't know if you heard this conversation. I don't know if you knew anything that happened, but I answered on your behalf. Uh oh. And I want to know if if you think I made the right answer. Uh oh. So we were called by somebody that wanted to know if we had any interest in being celebrity judges for a hot wing contest coming up this weekend. And unfortunately, I cannot because I won't be here in town, but they asked, what about Steve? (laughs) I think you know the answer. And I said, well, if this is a contest regarding spicy food, I can probably answer for Steve that it's a no. <laughs> and they said, well, no, no, they're, they're not like that spicy. They're, they're, they're just wings. And I said, I think the answer is no, <laughs> even if they are not that terribly spicy. Was that a good answer? I think that was a pretty good answer. Steve does not like spicy food. No. Whether that means like a hot spice, like if you were going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and doing the Blazing Challenge. You ever heard of that? No. Well, the, of course not. You ever been to Buffalo Wild Wings? Yes, once. So they have this challenge where they give you a dozen wings that have this unbelievably spicy sauce on them. So you have to eat all of those wings with no milk or water. Why would you subject yourself to being tormented like that? You get a free shirt, oh, and you boy. get to be on the wall. I've got a lot of shirts. And everybody will watch you and cheer for you, and, and you show <laughs> how tough you are intestinally. Those days, gut, those days how, how are long strong gone. You are. Those days are long gone. I can't be tough anymore. I don't know if I could eat one of those wings without being about ready to throw up, but I know people that can do it. Okay. And you have to gnaw your way through the bones, and it would be tough. But I don't think you would like the mild <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings challenge. I don't think you could get through 
like a mild buffalo sauce wing. Do you think I, you could? I doubt it. Do you like any wings? No. So when you went to Buffalo Wild Wings, what do you think you ate? Hamburger, I think. Oh, sure. When was the last time that you ate a chicken wing? A chi- you mean just like... Like a wing. Like fried chicken? Just No, like chicken wings. I don't... I couldn't even tell you it's been so long. <laughs> what about at Henry T's? Henry T's? In Lawrence. Didn't go to Henry T's. I thought you've been there before. I, no, I haven't. I think you would like wings. They'd have to be not spicy. The problem is... The not spicy ones are like honey barbecue, let's, and you don't like barbecue well, let's sauce. Face it, I've gone about the all pasta diet, Italian food. <laughs> I'm really heavy into Italian food. <laughs> Peanut butter. Yeah. yeah. What else? <laughs> well, I don't know. A lot of macaroni, a lot of lasagna, a lot of manicotti. <laughs> that's 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 my stuff. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. So, Steve, you think I know you pretty well. Yeah. Was that a good answer? I think you had a good answer. Okay, good. Well, I wanted to talk with you about... Max Falkenstein today, okay. and the death of him yesterday, the news broke through at 95, former voice of the Jayhawks for 60 years. I also want to talk about an interesting story that I read yesterday from the Parsons' son. Ooh, okay. Are you familiar with that paper? Yeah. Sean Fry? Yeah. He wrote a very detailed story about the classification system in Kansas, talked with all sorts of different athletic directors and other state organizations from across the country and wow. talked about what has to happen in order for something to be done, what the other what the other states use. So it'll be very I want to talk with you about that. But okay. first, let's talk a little bit about Max Falkenstein and, okay. and, and his role that he had in KU athletics for sixty years. Steve, you being a big Jayhawk fan for a decent chunk of those sixty years. Right. Probably like the first Ten, you were not alive. Um, Ten I, or fifteen. 60, Sixty-five is about when I started following Kate. So about the first twenty years of Max Falkenstein. Right. Mm-hmm. But do you have memories of listening to him? I do. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's not like they just blazed well, in my from brain. when you were younger. Because yeah. I know, obviously, as you got older, he, I always thought he was still around. I always thought Max did a great job of accentuating the positive. Uh, there were a lot of, especially when he did football. There were a lot of lean years when he did football. Uh, always tried to point out, you know, the good plays and 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 kind of gloss over the bad plays. But uh, he was there was no doubt, you know, he was a Jayhawk booster. Uh, I don't know if I'd go Homer. I don't know if Homer would be a word to describe. I don't think Homer's a word to describe Max, but he definitely tilted heavily in favor of the Jayhawks. But just very solid. Had a great sense of humor, and that's what uh, I know. Bob Davis talked about yesterday in the story. Um, Bob Davis said, we spent most of our time laughing. We we're always just laughing. So uh, Max had a great sense of humor. You know, he was I, – I was at KU for two years, and, you know, you couldn't fail to go to any kind of game where you just wouldn't see Max talking to the people before the game and, and walking around and shaking hands. Oh, yeah. Everybody knew who Max was. I want to play a little audio that the University of Kansas released yesterday after finding out about the death of Max Falkenstein. As my good friend Coach Larry Brown taught me to say, gosh, this really is special. The true treasure of my life is the friendships with guys like this and so many hundreds of others. You know, statistics are for the record book, but friendships are for life and uh, what great ones I've established. But uh, most of all, 
we come to you guys, the fans. You've just been fantastic. You've been so good to me all these many years. It's been a joy for me to have worked with you and for you for an unbelievable 60 years. I can't believe it myself. And the thing about Max for me, he never got too high, never got too low. Now, you know, working alongside Bob Davis. Swish! Yeah, Bob Davis was just, you know, and I like Bob, you know. And, oh, I love Bob Davis. Yeah, and I like Bob. Uh, I don't know if the Royals was really his gig, even though he was with the Royals a long time. KU was his gig. And Max was always kind of like that calming influence. You know, Bob would be going all over the planet, going all over the place, and there would be Max to kind of keep things in perspective. One thing that is very interesting about Max Falkenstein is that, so he was the main play-by-play voice for about the first 40 years of being at KU, and then when Bob Davis was brought along in, I think, 1983? 84. 84, somewhere in there, that Bob started doing the play-by-play, and then Max, who had been the play-by-play guy for so long, started to do color, and he's a very non-traditional color guy because he was a play-by-play person, and, and, right. and that, that is a hard adjustment. Yeah, and, and I do feel like Max kind of, you know, toward the last, you know, 10 years, I, I think he realized that that position really wasn't for him, but he tried to make the best of it. Because, Bob, you know, Bob's one of those guys that can just dominate a broadcast. And uh, uh, But I thought Max did his best to kind of be the loyal lieutenant, you know, the trooper. And, uh, you know, he just loved KU so much that uh, he, he didn't care as long as he was doing something you know, to promote KU in a positive way. Steve, do you think you get to be the Max Falkenstein of McPherson broadcast that you always get to bring out the positive and that you get to put a, a positive spin on things? Well, anyone that knows me, I'm not what you'd call a positive person. <laughs> I think I think anyone knows me knows I'm very, I'm hard, I guess you could say. <laughs> but uh I have learned, to, you know, I try to be as positive as I can. I think you, you know, do a good the, job of that And on the, the thing air. is, since you've been here, we hardly ever lose. That's true. The teams we cover don't, you know, very seldom lose. So you don't have to be really, you know. But, you know, what, what we do is high school, and now we'll be doing college. And remember, you don't get you don't get critical at the high school level or the college level. These are kids who are students first and athletes second. They're just doing the best they can. So I know there's a lot of fans that sit in the stands and say, oh, that kid's just horrible. You know, why is he out there? Why is the coach blaming? Well, you can't say that on the radio. That's you do just... a good job of holding yourself back. Yeah, yeah. I'm Well, and, and, and like, you know, I am, uh, I'm not, if you had the positive negative meter, it would tilt more toward the negative. I think anyone that no, no, no. Any, anyone that knows me knows that's how I am. But uh, but I think on the air and you I do think, a really good job. And I of being think positive. that's just because I'm a perfectionist and I want other people to be a perfectionist because I really am. If I make a mistake in a, you know better than anybody when I make a mistake in a story, you lose sleep at night. I lose sleep. I get. I've gotten up at the middle. I've had like Coach Kinnaman come by. He says, "Well, did you know you had that typo today?" And I'll go down at 11.30 at night. I will change that typo, you know, because it bothers me so much. So that that's the perfectionist. And, and I always said that's going to cost me probably 15 years of my life at some point because I do uh, – I'm, I'm a very much a perfectionist. Where do you think your positive-negative meter tilts to on the golf course? 
There, I think you I are maxing out I on the negative. I was end. gonna say I don't think there is any positive. I don't think I've ever heard you say, "Wow, I really had a good shot." Well, I, 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 I played did, great. Today. I did say after Sunday's round that was the best ball striking round. I can never remember having. Yeah, ever. but then you find the negative in the putting that's or the right. chipping or yeah, something. That's right. So, no, I, I think maybe the only time I never had a well, actually, I even had a negative thing to say in the city tournament one year. I shot a sixty-seven. In, oh my in, God, it should have been a sixty-three. <laughs> well, that's because I had four bogeys. I shot sixty-seven with four bogeys. So, of course, I I honed in on the four bogeys that I had, other sure. than the eagle and the six birdies or seven birdies, whatever it was I made. Another very interesting thing about Max Falkenstein, Steve, is that I threw out the number, I think, a little bit ago that he was on the KU broadcast in some capacity for 60 years. I don't know if that will ever happen again. No. So let's just play a hypothetical game. Let's say tomorrow I get called by the University of Kansas and they say, Jim, we heard your tape. We want you to be the next voice of the Jayhawks. You start tomorrow. So I'm 24. Mm-hmm. If I went 60 years, I would be 84. And I don't think most big schools, number one, want to have an 84-year-old on the broadcast. Not many. Yeah. In, unless they're still very sharp. Max was kind of grandfathered in. as he Right. Might. But number two, who knows if in 60 years, a school like the University of Kansas or K-State even really has like a radio network anymore yeah so the fact that he was able to be there and be on the call for 60 years that is a long and that is why at allen fieldhouse he's the only non player to have a banner raised right and it's the number 60 right so 1946 to 2006 wow steve you're at 41 years here in mcpherson right you think you have another 19 left in you no. 19 years, where does that put you? 81? 80? 19 would put me at 81. I think you could be covering some games. No. I don't think so. I'm counting you in. I I don't I'm not gonna make it to fifty years, much less sixty. Oh yeah, you you've got it in you. I don't I don't think No I'm, doubt in my mind. You'll never be able I've to been, quit. You know, I I, I I the day doesn't go by when somebody doesn't say to me, when are you gonna retire? I don't I don't want you to retire. I got grandkids that you gotta write about. You've got fifty in you. Come on. Well. No doubt in my mind. What else are you gonna do? I play all the golf I want to play. You already play that. Yeah. But but no, I, I mean i when you really look at it, I've written sports for forty four years. That's true. Counting, but I mean I wrote three years before I came to McPherson, so I've been writing sports for forty four years. I'm writing on the third generation of kids now almost. There you go. You know, I look at I look at I look at people that I was covering when I first got here. There's a lot of there's many of them that are retired now. I'm still working and they're retired. <laughs> so how long I go, I have no idea. But uh, I just can't see myself going 50. It's all about health, and it's all about you know if there's still a job for me in that many years. Who knows? There'll always be a job for you. I have no doubt. Well, you never know. All right, Steve. Let's take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk about this story that I read last night talking about the classifications in Kansas and what the state could do in terms of classifying private schools. That's the main topic of this story, and I want to talk about that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... 
Great Plains Federal Credit Union, the Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, I was doing some reading from your neck of the woods last night. Okay. And a very well-written, well-researched story by Sean Fry of the Parsons Sun. We've been around him at state track oh, and yeah. state basketball and other events. He's he's a he's a energetic guy. And Sean puts together a lot of pieces like this, a lot of research. And that's not something that's up my alley all that much. I don't know if it's something that's up your alley all that much to conduct interviews and call all sorts of different places and try and get to the bottom of things. I think he ran a story last year talking about all of the salaries of the junior college coaches. Jason Brown, last chance you, made $65,000 last year. So he's done some pieces like this before, and the one that he wrote about this week, or I know he's been working on it for several months, talked about public versus private schools in the state of Kansas and what other states are doing to work in and account for private schools in terms of where they are going to classify them. Now in Kansas, for those of you that kind of follow along and maybe don't know exactly, they go strictly based off of enrollment. So if McPherson and another private school have the exact same enrollment, then they're in the same class. There are no modifiers in any way. So multipliers. what they they call them multipliers or modifiers, whatever it would be to adjust for private schools. Let's face it, having an advantage, and I don't like to use the R word recruit, but there are certain advantages Correct. with being at a private school. Correct. So Sean ran some of the numbers, and he found out that Keisha gave out ninety eight team state championships last year. It's a lot. Ninety eight team state championships in however many sports. 24 of them, which is over 25%, were won by private schools. Then, if you add up all of the member schools, only 27 of them are private out of the 355. So only 8% of the member schools in the state are private, yet more than 25% of the state championships were won by private schools. Then, when you take out Class 6A, which he did here, you eliminate 22 state titles that are won by 6A schools because there are no private schools in 6A. Remember that. Right. All of the big private schools are in 5A or 4A. So when you take out that, a private school won 21 out of 83. Wow. Which is 25% of the available state championships. Let's face it. You're looking at Miege. Bishop Carroll. Carroll. St. Thomas Aquinas. Aquinas. Cape and Mount Carmel. Yeah. Those are the four really big ones. Right. And especially the ones that have had a lot of success recently. So there have been a lot of conversations, ideas being thrown out about what the state of Kansas can do to change this. Not that they don't want the private schools to never win again. That's not the goal of this. I think their goal is to make things more fair. Right. It's all about making things fair. And you, there might be some people that say, well, you can win. And one of the games that he points to is 
the Chanute Blue Comets last year going up to Bishop Miege? I would have bet everything that I owned on Miege beating Chanute. They were overwhelming favorites. They were the number one seed out of the East in Class 4A. And we assumed that Bishop Miege was going to win a fourth straight state championship. Oh, I, I didn't think. I mean, that was just a foregone conclusion. So the argument here is the parochial schools, the private schools, whether they're religiously affiliated or not, they are beatable. Let's face it. We've seen it happen. They are beatable. They are not gods amongst mortals. They are beatable. But there are some advantages, especially when you talk about bigger schools from a metropolitan area competing against teams like Chanute, Ulysses, Independence, where they certainly don't have the same advantages. In ter- I don't want to use the word handpick, but you do have a little bit more of a choice. And there are ways for people that would go to a different school to and, come to you. And those schools can control the size of their enrollment. Right. Now, you know, Miege, you know, they, they have definitely settled in at 4A, and they just, you know, that's where they want to stay. They don't want to move up to 5A. And I will say that Bishop Miege, as a school, has struggled. Yeah. That they are not getting the same amount of enrollment that they were 40 years ago. 30 years ago, 20 years ago. So with Sean's research here in this story, he went out and approached a representative from the State High School Activities Association from every state in the country, including Washington, D.C., because I think they run their own system as well. So of the 51 associations that are partnered with the NFHS, are you familiar with that phrase? Mm -hmm. 37 of them have some sort of modifier in their classification system, so 76%. Wow. And Kansas is one of the 24% that does not have a modifier. So one of the examples that they use is a multiplier. And I'm very familiar with this because the state of Missouri uses it, but they are in a minority. Alabama, Illinois, Missouri, New Mexico, and Tennessee all have a multiplier for private schools. And the reason they do that is it makes the math simple. So let's say... Bishop Miege, their enrollment was 1,000. Okay. Easy enough math. Yeah. What a lot of multipliers are, and I think Missouri's is about 1.3. So you would take Bishop Miege at 1,000, multiply them times 1.3. So that would make their enrollment appear to be 1,300. Right. Are you following that? Okay. So instead of Bishop Miege maybe being a 4A at 1,000, they would have the chance to potentially bump up a classification because of the multiplier. And I know like at Rockhurst in Kansas City, which is an all-boys school, the multiplier number is bigger because it's just all boys. So you have to account for the fact that there are no girls at the school. Right. So their number looks bigger than they actually are. So that's the multiplier. Another one that other states have used, and maybe the best example of that is Oklahoma, is they have a competitive balance factor or a success modifier. So let's say St. Thomas Aquinas football won 10 state championships in a row. Right. At some point, I don't know exactly the rules that they would use, but let's say it's something like this. Every five years, if you win three state championships in that time frame or finish in the top four in all those five years or finish in the top six in the state, that you get bumped up a classification. But it works the opposite way, too, where if you finish in last place of a classification so many years in a row or in the bottom four, that you could be bumped back down to to allow for some movement. And so that way, 
in theory, the best programs, the best teams are constantly in the top classification. And the easiest comparison here is a program like Bishop Miege, who has won five consecutive state football championships at either 4A Division I or in Class 4A. In the success modifier format, they would continue to move up a classification. They would maybe be playing at 5A at this point, or maybe even 6A. Right. But with the current system, where it's all based off of enrollment, they remain in 4A or 4A Division One unless their enrollment numbers change. Are you following me there? Oh, I'm, I'm following you. Clear and there are several states that use that one. Another format that some other places use are a strict public versus private classification. Texas is one that comes to my mind that they have a parochial classification. If you are a private school, you are in this classification. If you're a public school, you are in this. And see, that can't work in Kansas because... And in Kansas, it's so tough because, like I mentioned, there are not many private schools. The number is 27 out of 355. Mm -hmm. So a 27-school classification is kind of tough, especially since... Really, there are four big dogs. Yeah. And then the rest are smaller schools. Let's say Elyria Christian had to go play a state tournament against Bishop Carroll, Bishop Miege, St. Thomas Aquinas, a school of, what, 60? Yeah. Going up against a school of 1,200? Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So that is one thing that I think Kansas will not do. They just don't have enough they private don't. schools. They don't. But to me, Steve, a success modifier or a multiplier would be two good options. The problem is right now, one obstacle that's standing in the way, according to this story, is that the state of Kansas has a law in regards to high school sports that, quote, they establish the system for the classification of member high schools according to student attendance. So that is in the rules of the state of Kansas. Yeah. It has to be based off of attendance. So... Lawmakers are trying to find ways to work around this, move that law, be able to change things, and that's why this is a slow process. I have a solution. Let's hear it. Let's put Carol, Aquinas, Miege, and Capon in their own class and just let them play each other over and over and everything. But do you think that's worth it or fun? No. I don't, of course not. I don't think that works. I'm being facetious. Okay, okay. I'm being facetious. But it just seems like and, – and really, you look at Capon – they haven't been, they haven't been close to Carroll in almost everything for a long time. Capen, when I was in high school, Capen was top dog. Capen was the big dog. Capen was the big dog, the seventies, the eighties, and then when Carroll came along, Carroll has usurped Capen in everything. They get all the, you know, all. The, it's like Capen is the alternative choice now. Everybody, all the private school kids want to go to Carroll. But they don't, you know, if they go to Capon, they go to Capon. But Carroll just seems to dominate in everything. So my question for you is, which one, let's just stick to success modifier or multiplier, do you believe is the most fair? Oh, I, I still think, I like the one about the championships one. I think that's the one you got to use. I don't know exactly the rules that they would use. Are yeah. you familiar with the English Premier League? No. They have a, a system that is tiered. They have a top league, they have a second league, a third league, and you get relegated or promoted, you move up, mm -hmm. based off of how you finish every year. Yeah. So if you finish in last place every year, you get bumped back down. Ooh. You keep moving down, moving down, or if you win it every year, you go up and up and up. Yeah. 
And I think this is a system that could work. The only thing that I think is a little weird about it is let's just say McPherson. Let's say the basketball teams just continue to win over and over and over again, and they had a great group that came through, and they won so much that they are now a 6A school. But let's say they had another program that was struggling. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to throw a school out there. Let's say they had a badminton team, okay, and the badminton team was so horrible every single year. They finished in last no matter what classification they were. Didn't run enough laps. And and let's say they were now a 2A badminton team. Yeah. I just think it would be weird and complicated and hard to schedule. Yeah. While with the the enrollment multiplier, you at least know what it's going to be. You at least have a pretty good idea, and it's simple, and it's easy. I just don't think, you know, this, this has been talked about for 20 years. Right. And I just think, I just don't think Keisha, I think they're just, they don't want the controversy. They're just keeping things the way they are. And I just don't see them really ever making any kind of change. I just don't see it. But you know what the big change is that people want. Right. They just really bump want bump them up a class. They really want them bumped up a class. Yeah. They Aquinas, really want Bishop Miege, Aquinas, Carroll, Capon, St. James to be 6A. Right. Isn't that what most people want? I think want? that's what most people want. And to and, me... And, and the thing is kind of... It's probably unfair, but it's almost like those schools are sports factories and they basically recruit athletes. But that's not true. They recruit... You know, they, have rec- they can recruit people that are going to be doctors and dentists and surgeons and things like that. But it does seem like to the average person, just to the you know, the perception, well, they're just, all they do is recruit athletes. And I know that's not true. I don't think so either. Steve, let's take our final break. Be back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, we're almost out of time today. Yeah. Have you saved up all of your money for the auction starting tomorrow? The auction. The radio auction right here on 96.7 KBBE tomorrow. You should be hosting it, Steve. No. All right, we got Betty calling in. Betty, what do you want? <laughs> I think you would do a good job of that. No, we, and boy, do we have a great list of items for the auction this you year. You could be an auctioneer. I think I think the guys really went all out in, in getting... Uh, uh, you know, items for the auction this year. So um, it's, it's our second auction, actually, of the year. We do right. two during the year. So the auction starts tomorrow at what time? Nine, 10. At 10 tomorrow runs Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Is that right? That's right. Wednesday, okay. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. Steve, quickly, we are running out of time. The biggest event of the summer wraps up tonight. The Bachelorette, the series season not the series, the season finale. I need your take. Is Hannah B going to choose Jed, the country music singer from Nashville, or Tyler, the former football player at FAU? 
Who's she going to pick? I have no clue. I haven't watched Just give me show. a pick. Who's your prediction? Football player. She's picking Tyler. Tyler's a good-looking dude, Steve. Okay. He's like 6'7". Ooh. Played at Florida Atlantic, Division One wide receiver. Think he played with Pistol in high school? He could have. Yeah. I don't know where he's from. Okay. But he played at FAU. Okay. So you are picking Tyler. And I have no clue what the... Sh- I don't watch the show. I don't Tyler had a really good talk with Hannah's parents last night. Yeah. Set your DVR. 7 o'clock, I ABC. Just, all I can say is get a life. That's all I can say. <laughs> Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.